just thinking about this big heart and realizing like if I just gave myself like a fraction of what I'm giving Mm -hmm. to everybody else, like what that could potentially shift. I will lovingly say that you could probably give yourself more than a fraction. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Deanna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You, which explores how to break family patterns so that you can liberate the way you live and love. I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. Our guests are anonymous. Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Today, we are speaking with Caroline. That's her alias. She recently found out that her mom was cheating on her stepdad. Although she's able to celebrate what she calls her mom's newfound freedom, She also feels scared about becoming less important to her. Caroline doesn't make space for her emotional experience with anyone because the risk of upsetting them, disappointing them, or hurting them is too intolerable. We start the conversation talking about the situation with her mom and how she's struggling to navigate the changes to her family, as well as her role with each of them. Hello. So nice to have you here. So good to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining. All right, so where to begin today? Yeah, I feel like maybe you, there. it sounded like there was an event that mm-hmm. um, happened not too long ago that you've been navigating. So if you want to tell me a little bit about that and yeah, we'll see where our conversation goes today. Yeah, um, so there was an event that happened. Um, I... I had a big change in my family system that I wasn't expecting, right? I mean, do we ever really expect these abrupt things to happen? Um, But my mom actually um, divorced my stepdad, who had been in my life for over 20 years. So it was a long time. Um, And it was really sudden. And there was some infidelity on that side that on her side that came in. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just been a situation that I never saw coming, never thought would happen. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, how do I move through this? (laughs) Um, And, you know, there's so many layers of the onion here, I feel, but really looking at how I can rebuild a relationship with her and um, get to know what I feel like is a new mom to me and, you know, love and care for my stepdad who's in this great deal of pain, but not wanting too much of his pain. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just really looking at all those different things. And it's, been difficult to manage and kind of work through. Yeah. What, what would you say has been hard for you as it, as it pertains to your mom and your relationship with her 
imagine you held a story or image of her Mm -hmm. that maybe shifted with some choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, maybe tell me a little bit about what's been hard about that or confusing about that, how to place her. Yeah. Well, it's been really hard because for my whole life, my mom has been this woman who is, uh, well, number one, codependent, <laughs> two, always available um, mm. at at the drop of a foot. You know, she would be there and she's always been that way. Um, and for me, that was great, right? And with this shift that's happening, um, she's... <laughs> it seems like she's discovering more of herself in this process of being with a new partner. And, you know, we've had, we have had conversations about it many. um, And I'm just so stuck and confused in how to move forward with a mom who's more free than she has been in the past Mm -hmm. free for herself. And, you know, so I guess I should say, I, I'm not upset with her for leaving her marriage but it has been really hard for me to get to know this new version of my mom who's not always available 24-7 and um, who's with her new partner a lot. You know, I feel like she was able to grieve her old relationship while she was in it, and I didn't get that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, right. A lot of times when there's an ending um, and it sounds it sounds like your mom was the one who who ended the relationship, but it's common that the person who's ending the relationship has been processing the ending for some time. And where you are at, or where your stepdad is at, um, right? It's like, oh, this is a this is the start of the processing, right? You weren't let into, um, or, or maybe you were. I don't know actually, but. Um, whether you were let into some of the confusion or the questioning or, you know, the challenges that she, she may have been experiencing prior to getting to this moment, right. Where she decided to end the relationship. Um, did you know anything about it beforehand or. I didn't. Um, I think I had known under the surface, it was never talked about that Mm -hmm. she was unhappy for years. Um, and I can, I can understand why, um, and I, why she was unhappy or why she kept it. Yeah. I can understand why she was unhappy. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. So to answer your question, I didn't know that it was happening. I didn't know that there was another person. Um, but I was the first one who found out mm-hmm. and that was, how did you find out, um, her phone. So I remember the initial feeling of like, thinking it wasn't direct like the message was you wouldn't read it and think oh that's she's talking to another man but there's just mm-hmm. something about it that didn't sit right with me but then I was like not my mom <laughs> right okay let's go with that for a second yeah. not my mom what not my mom who would cheat on somebody mm-hmm. not my mom who would not my mom who would choose herself almost. Hmm. What does that bring up for you? Cause I can see your facial expression around that. Like, oh, there's such a conflict, right? Yeah. It's like, 
God, I want her. It's like, there's part of me that's so proud of her for choosing herself <laughs> and to, to choose someone who really makes her happy. Um, and this part of me that grew up with this person who would bend over backwards for everybody anytime. And it's like, I never pictured that running out. Mm. Yeah. Like sometimes we benefit from that. Right. Um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of giving that can happen from, you know, parent to child, for example, when child is kiddo child, um, maybe there's a shift when they're, when we become adult children. Um, but yeah, right. This part, it seems like, oh, I, I had infinite access to her mm-hmm. and I liked something about that. Right? Like maybe I felt safe, secure, um, protected. Uh, like no matter what's happening in my life, I know that you're there for me. Right? Um, and now with this newfound freedom, right? There's there's a cutoff to that. There are more boundaries. There are um, more preferences. Maybe um, she's spending time elsewhere and. Yeah, the like threat to that contact with her is there. Mm-hmm. Right, I can hear the part of you that's like cheerleading for her. Like, yeah, you're, you found your freedom. This is amazing. This is great. And then this other part that's like, wait. What about me? <laughs> what about me? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's like a both and. And it's a really tough mm-hmm. both and. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think there's like a little part in me that just feels like, well, I'm glad you had time to process this, but I just lost my family. Yeah. You want to share a little bit of what's coming up for you? Yeah. Yeah. I just lost my family. It's, I just remember initially having my initial reaction was that I was so happy for her. Like that was my first thing. And then Mm -hmm. after that, like 10 hours later, (laughs) it really sunk in and hit like, this is going to be a huge dynamic shift that you go through. Um, And it was all really fast from me finding out to my stepdad learning um, like a week, two weeks. And um, did your mom tell him she did? Mm -hmm. Did she tell him because you had found out? Yeah. I don't think she would have told anybody if I wouldn't have found out. Hmm. Hmm. How do you think that plays into this. I think it's just another example of now I'm like, well, did she actually choose herself? Or did I choose it for her? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, cause I, I asked her, how long are you going to wait? You know? And she's like, I don't know if I would have ever had the courage to, to share or do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways I'm really grateful that I was the one and also I'm like, why did I have to be the one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to be involved mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Why did I have to be the one to find it? Why did I have to be the one who like inspired you to bring it forward? Now I'm the catalyst uh, in some ways and mm-hmm. like he's hurt now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. His pain was really deep. Has she been available to process any of this? Yeah. Um, 
she's been, I was, I will say like the one thing I'm so fortunate for in this lifetime is an open family. Like we're all very open to speaking and talking and, you know, I brought my pen pad over and we're like, these are all the issues I'm having. And she had hers and Mm -hmm. we're, we're open to hearing each other. Um, even with those conversations, I still feel like I'm hitting a wall. What's the wall? The wall is like almost like unable to get what I need. Which is? Her attention. What's the type of attention? Because you are telling me that she's giving attention, right? She's brought her pen pad. She's here. She's like, let's work through the stuff. Right. So what's the attention you're really craving and seeking? Yeah, I think, you know, part of it might be attention in a form of like availability. Like I need time with you. So like a time piece. I need time with you because. Because you spending time with me makes me feel like I matter. Well, there was the, what about me? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you're not spending time with me, then I don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're spending less time with me than you have historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on a spiral to not mattering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going down the staircase. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's familiar about that? You know, I know you said like mom has been really available to you for sounds like really your your whole mm-hmm. life. And here's this moment, right? Here's this rupture where, you know, something is is threatened. But the fact that you have a sensitivity around it, right? Like kind of points us to, oh, well, there's there's something here that maybe is familiar. If somebody has been available, right, and that feels secure and safe for us, right, then like, you know, this story that I might not matter or spent, if we don't have as much time together means that I wouldn't matter to you. I don't know that that would just present itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious about your relationship to mattering and not mattering. And yeah, if you have some thoughts about it, where we can start. Yeah. Um, I see two places that come up initially. Um, you know, I say my mom's always been super available and she, she really has growing up in, uh, my household. I grew up with a sister who suffered from alcoholism and that was a big thing. Right. Um, she mattered a lot because she had, direct needs that needed to be met. Um, and it's not to say that I didn't matter, but it's almost like I mattered a little bit less because I didn't have any needs because <laughs> I was really easy. Um, and I think that's probably where it started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where's the other point? Um, I think that feeling of just being okay with not mattering as much just really just taking it on and being fine with it probably transpired into my um, relationships in adult life. One specifically where I was just okay without mattering that much. Mm -hmm. 
When did the alcoholism start? Do you remember how old you were? I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um, and older sister? Yeah. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that alcoholism started in sixth grade. There were um, some other things came into play, suicidal tendencies, things like that. That came into play when I was in sixth grade. And mm. um, the alcoholism started probably when I was a, like a junior in high school, so maybe around 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. And still, when you were in sixth grade, there was something that was bringing attention elsewhere, Yeah. right? Something that was, um, yeah, really important, maybe felt like a crisis mm-hmm. to someone. Um, and yeah, I think it's, you know, our, our brains can say, well, yes, of course, right? Like, go there, right? That's that's really needed. That, that's so important. But so easy to feel forgotten or, you know, in the second position. You know, again, I can hear the part of you that's like, no, my, my mom was there. She, you know, I did matter, but I mattered a little bit less. And I mattered a little bit less because I presented like I was okay. Or at the minimum, I was more okay than how my sister was presenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The failure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what do you think sixth grade you wished that your mom would have seen? Mm-hmm. I wish that she would have seen. Uh, the thing that's coming up for me is just me. Mm-hmm. Um. But to expand a little bit more, I think I wish she would have seen just the small needs I did have, right? Like what? I'm trying to think. I feel like we did talk about my day and stuff like that. and But, you know, it felt like the conversation was always really focused around my sister, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this happened here today. Like, she's not doing well today. Um, and I just wish there would have been more room for play, fun, mm-hmm. right? Lightness. And that's not what I got at all. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. I appreciate the part of you that is able to like sort of celebrate some freedom maybe that your mom has has found and you know I guess it's in question right now where you're like did she choose it or did I choose you know so okay maybe it's it's still out uh jury's still out but I do appreciate the part of you that's able to yeah hold that piece Right, that that can see like okay, this makes sense. I follow. I'm wondering if it would be okay for us to put that part down mm-hmm. for our conversation. Uh, we don't have to lose it. We can come back to it. We'll pick it back up. But I don't need you to caretake her mm-hmm. or like hold her experience. I'd really love for us to just get to to know yours, right? Where I don't need you. I don't want you to celebrate her right now. Yeah. I'd love to hear about the impact on you. Mm -hmm. I'd love for this to be about you. And 
how hard it has been to face the collapse of your family system, like you said, right? How impactful it was to pick up a phone or, you know, whatever, however you wound up seeing it and just get right hit with that. Mm-hmm. Right? And the pieces that you're trying to put together now too, right? Of like, here are all these relationships, people I care about and, I don't really know what to do here. So if we just tune into you mm-hmm. for a moment, I, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you wish that she could understand and make contact with that's happening inside of you? Yeah. I think there's this deep, deep sadness that I haven't even known what to do with. It's like it happened and then there's this part of me that's just like, well, let's just keep going day to day with life and, you know, just keep on moving. And there's this other part of me that's like, no, you need, I want to look at this, right? Like, cause this sadness that's in here isn't just going to like move on its own. Um, there's, there's a little bit of anger in there anger, um, just angry. Yeah. I'm angry that my family system fell apart. (laughs) Angry Mm -hmm. that the home I grew up in isn't my home anymore. I don't get to go there anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. get to walk in whenever I want or stop by. I'm really angry that I feel like I am now responsible putting that on myself, but I'm responsible to pick up the pieces of my stepdad while she gets to go be free. You know, he's calling me crying. He's calling me upset because he, I'm like the closest thing to her. Right. And he wants Mm -hmm. comforting and I'm with that. Now I'm having to, um, what feels like heal these relationships with both of them and figure out how to be in new relationships with both of them. And that's not something I thought I would ever have to do in being in it. um, It feels like little me doesn't know how to keep up. She just, it's like running, running, running. And I realize if I don't slow down, I'm never going to look at any of this. Is that also how she felt growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say they're similar. Is it just around the not being able to keep up part? Like I'm being asked to do more than I can or than I want to? Yeah, that and the part that really resonates with um, childhood mostly is the part about just trying to forget it. Like, if I just keep going day by day, then I'm not going to have to look at any of this, right? Mm-hmm. Just almost like put it behind me and hope hope it'll go away and things will smooth out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds like you actually have a lot of awareness that you don't want to be doing mm-hmm. that. Or you're like, okay, I have this tendency maybe to to move in that direction. But what I'm seeing and realizing is that I do need to slow down and I need to connect with this sadness and this anger and that I need to keep making contact with it, mm-hmm. you know, over and over and over again because your experience 
matters. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your experience matters to the, well, you're an adult, but to the adults? Mm. (laughs) I do feel like my experience matters. And I feel like their experience matters more. Hmm. There it is, right? Mm -hmm. My sister's stuff mattered more than my stuff. Their stuff matters more than how I'm experiencing it right now. Mm -hmm. When will I be important enough? Yeah. Right? Like, when will mine take the driver's seat? Mm -hmm. What's there for you right now? truth Mm -hmm. yeah just really hits home um and like I said I see this pop up in all areas just constantly putting others first putting myself second just doing what needs to be done and not really taking taking the time for me I would say yeah when you came with your your pad and your mom came with her pad um was it to address what was going on for you or was it for both of you to address what was going on with each of you yeah um my pad was definitely all about me (laughs) it was Uh what I have going on my experience of this here's how I'm being affected here's what I need from you um Mm -hmm. and then she had there's been a couple times we've done this. Sometimes she just listened. Other times she's had notes about, you know, uh, her point and, you know, mm-hmm. how she's feeling about it all. And um, yeah, so my, my pad was definitely me focused. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how about with your stepdad? Mm, that's a, that feels trickier to me. Um, and it feels trickier because, we lived in the same house for over 20 years and him and I had a special relationship. Like I was his favorite. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We were close and we we're, I say we were close, but we did not have an emotional connection or an emotional relationship. So all of a sudden when this rupture happens and he's coming to me with all these emotions And I'm like, we've never had a 45 minute one-on-one conversation. It's really Mm -hmm. difficult. And it makes me want to, um, like when I get close to his pain or even thinking about having a long drawn out conversation, like I want to run away from it Mm -hmm. because I don't know how to be with it or be in it with him. What do you do instead? Block it out like try to forget about his pain um, or remind myself. So will you have the conversation with him, but just try to stay disconnected in it? Yeah. Um, Mainly he's called me, right? Sought me out Mm -hmm. and I will have the conversation with him. And mainly I would say my role in those conversations is listening. I listen Mm -hmm try to reassure it's going to be okay. You know, he's going to be fine. Um, and yeah, I, I noticed myself trying to like distance in the conversation. Mm-hmm. What would you like your interaction with him to be? I would like it to be 
from a healed place is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would like it to be. But let's let's keep it in the realm of possibility mm-hmm. right now because he's he's hurting sure. and you know he's not gonna it's gonna take some time and he's not gonna maybe be able to arrive in a healed place right away. Maybe that's something mm-hmm. that he will get to down the road. But I I want us to really think about this based on what is possible. Unless you're okay mm-hmm. with not speaking to him for a long time, which maybe you are. Um, but based on the reality of what is playing out right mm-hmm. now, he's hurting, mm-hmm. he's in pain. You are, yeah, a source of safety for him, right? He comes to you for a reason, okay? Within that, what feels reasonable and appropriate for you right? where it's like we don't have to forget him in his human form but can we also put you in the number one seat yeah um when I think of that I think of just having like a boundary with him in our conversations mm-hmm. like you know there were a couple of times where he just like showed up at my house and I'm like this is really hard for me for you to just show up here unannounced, right? Um, what feels reasonable is having conversations and not always having them be about the situation, you know, just mm-hmm. connecting, chatting, and not having not having to bring all this heavy emotion into it. And for me to like grapple with, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think keeps you from that? Mm-hmm. Setting the boundary or just calling him up to give him an update on something fun, interesting mm-hmm. that's happening in your life? I think there's this part of me that's like knows that's what I want to do and is like, it would be so much easier not to. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be so much easier to just keep going and going how you are and then I and then I also realized that it's actually not easier in the long run but okay but but what what is it how is it easier in the short term mm, uh it's easier in the short term because I don't have to look at it head on (laughs) and I don't have to interact with his pain maybe because I think what you're saying is you're disconnecting from it, but you are still interacting with Mm it. Like you're still impacted by Mm it, right? You're still affected by it, right? So he calls you up, he, whatever it looks like, maybe he's crying, maybe he's confused, maybe he's asking you all the whys and how this could happen, you know, whatever it could look like. And okay, you're going through the motions because this is what I do, but I'm disconnecting from it and just day by day by day. But I don't know that you're not affected by that. Mm. Well, in fact, I think I know that you are affected by that. I think you're telling me that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when you say easier, in the short term, I'm not sure. I mean, more familiar, maybe. Like, I know this job. I know this role. 
But the alternative, right, which we just said was maybe I set a boundary and maybe I also suggest that we also have times where we can connect about other things, mm-hmm. right? That this is not just the only conversation that we have. And I think that that is harder because what, he would be upset about it? Um, I think it's harder because in general, I have a hard time using my voice and setting boundaries in all situations. So it's more so um, what's hard about it is like the fear of upsetting him potentially Mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Cause if I upset him, then what will happen is. And he's going to be more hurt than he already is. And that's intolerable to me because. I don't want to be the cause of his pain. If I'm the cause of his pain, then I am. If I'm the cause of his pain, then I feel like I hurt him just like my mom did. Yeah, does that feel right? Yeah, it's what's coming up for me. Yeah. I'm not too sure what it is yet, but that's that's uh-huh. what's coming up. Yeah. You want to say a little bit more? It's okay if it's confused right now. Yeah, it just feels like um, he just had this huge ball dropped on him, right? Had no idea that, you know, my mom caused him this huge pain. And um, if I, you know, set this boundary, which potentially upset him, um, then it's like, well, then I'm hurting him just like she did. Like, I don't want to cause him that pain. Let's take one last break. We'll be right back. Do you have any thoughts why it has been easier for you to care for everybody else's pain? And not your own. I think it's more comfortable in some ways to look at other people's pain than my own and um, be with them in theirs. But looking at mine feels pretty steep. Hmm. Steep because? I feel like there's a lot there that's been unaddressed. Mm-hmm. Just like throughout the years. You want to share any of it? Um. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, what we mentioned earlier, the childhood growing up with the sister who was always in need, right? And just kind of bearing that and never really making it look like it affected me and just holding on to that throughout the rest of my life. And, you know, I know people know it did affect me, but never really admitting that it did. Um, There's been pain in past relationships that has just gone avoided and just like some really deep pain that's been had there that I just haven't wanted to dig up and look at. What do you think happens if you dig it up and look at it? Like it'd be, it'd it'd be messy. (laughs) 
right? Like it would feel messy. Um, and there's part of me that's like, that was so long ago. Like, I don't want to dig that up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that you trust that you being messy, um, is safe for you Mm. that like you being messy is that a repellent for others Mm. right like you being easy right like that's what you said about being the easy one right yeah um what's coming to my head right now is like when I'm easy people love me yeah yeah right when I'm messy well I don't know but the thought would be maybe if I were to be something other than easy, then the love would go away mm-hmm. or the connection would go away or the intimacy would go away or the attachment would go away. Yeah. 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 That feels true. And I think there's some sadness there for just allowing myself to be easy to everybody, <laughs> you know, just like, just earn for myself, you know, just to go through life and just um, act like I don't have needs. Mm-hmm. Well, easy is survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite brilliant. Right. And she figured out how to keep herself safe. Yeah. Yeah. I did a good job at it. You did a great yeah. job at it but it might be running out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to know that we can be quote unquote easy and be loved and we can be messy and be loved and we can have hard moments and be loved, right? You're, you're existing in a really narrow lane. It's really narrow. Mm-hmm. You can't feel much. You can't experience much. You can't express much, right? Because you have to be easy to not risk something. That feels so constricting. You know, it's like tight. I don't know if you notice in your body, uh, you know, if like you have tightness. Yeah, it feels like, um, (laughs) it feels like a block to authenticity in a lot of ways absolutely I like when I'm easy when I'm pleasing when I'm doing everything for everybody else like I can't actually access my authenticity Mm -hmm. that's just one thing Mm -hmm. tell me something that's connected to your authenticity that is true that you feel that you wouldn't normally share or something that Let's make it even more specific. Let's say there was no threat whatsoever, disappointing your stepdad, hurting him, nothing. But if you could just share with him something that is true for you, what would it be? Mm -hmm. No risk. Mm -hmm. No risk. I would say I love you so much and um, my mom deserves better. Mm. Can you take the I love you so much out for a moment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try it again. My mom deserves better. Mm. 
There you go. You want to keep going a little bit? My mom deserved better. Mm-hmm. And? And I feel myself wanting to say, like, you're going to be okay. Like, it's it's going to be okay. Like, I want to, <laughs> I don't know if this is me trying to fix it, but I want to, like, infuse him with some um, hope for the future. Like, give him something. Do you feel like that that is about you? Yeah. Authentic expression, something that you wouldn't normally say. Mm. So I feel like you said before that you have been saying it's going to be okay Mm. and you got this and like something good will come from it, right? I feel like I heard you say that before. So I maybe want to turn you back towards the like, I've I've got some more things to say to you. Mm. My mom deserved better. Yeah. What else? She deserved better and... um, I feel like we, as in me and my sister, deserved better mm. from him. Let's let's separate you out from everybody else for a moment. Yeah, for you. I deserved better from him. Yeah. Tell me some more. In what way? What did you need from him that he didn't do? There was no affection or um, not a lot of light from him in the house, right? Um, I, there was a lot of walking on eggshells and I needed different growing up in that house. Yeah. You want to try to say that without smiling? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've got a great smile, but I don't know if we need it right here. Yeah. And if you want to close your eyes to try to access that that's okay right of like yeah you want to just tell him directly and like I deserve better Mm -hmm. there's this word deserve keeps coming up like my mom deserved better I deserve better and you deserved this Hmm. like that this was the consequence Mm -hmm. yeah you think you have any more details in there for him yeah this, you know, saying to him truthfully, no filter, like this did not happen overnight. Mm-hmm. This was a really long time in the making. And you were never willing to look at yourself or change a single thing. And that's how we ended up here. Wow. And check in with yourself. Yeah. Just check your body. Yeah. How's that feel to say that? Good. I'm sweating. sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What's that like? How do you experience that? Eyes were closed. I'm telling you. All right. We didn't just arrive here one day, right? It's like this was a series of things over a long period of time that you didn't look at. Mm Mm-hmm. You contributed to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not all on her. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes two, and you played a large part in it, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Good. You got a little more in you? Um, I'm going to change it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the last part is like, there's just some anger for him not being the partner that I wanted my mom to have. Yeah, okay. You have a tendency to go to her and him. I'm going to pull you back into your relationship with him. Yeah, so let's see if we have a little bit more in there. No risk, no threat, no consequences. What is an authentic expression of your experience that you wouldn't normally share about you, about your experience? I think I would share that it's it's not fair that he comes to me and puts this on me. Like in my experience, this is not, it's not okay to do that, to put his sadness on top of me. Um, and I think there's some resentment there. Yeah. I don't want your sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want your sadness. I don't want your grief. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be your outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I assumed this role of caretaker so many times and I don't want to do it again. Hmm. That felt clear. Yeah, very clear. Yeah. Can you imagine actually saying that? <laughs> Big gulp. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, there's a part of me that can and there's a part of me that can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say yes. And there's this silence part of me that's like, Mm, you can't say that yeah yeah and we touched on that before right it's like the threat of him being hurt by that right the threat of you disappointing him the threat of you yeah hurting him and it you know before you had equated it to i will have hurt him in the same way that my that my mom i will have done the same thing that my mom has done mm. And if I hurt you and this is messy, right, then I maybe lose you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there is a part of me that's afraid of losing the relationship with him just over mm-hmm. time, fading out. You know, he, whether it was perfect or not, he was in my life for a long time. Yeah. 20 years is a mm-hmm. lot of years. Hmm. You're trying to control that outcome by restricting yourself yeah here's the tricky part about this work i wish i could say yeah express yourself fully and authentically and like that's the way to go and like nothing bad will happen and unfortunately i can't say that right what i we don't know what people will do maybe he will feel hurt Maybe he will be deeply disappointed. Maybe he will cut off ties from you, right? If you were to say something like that. There's always risk in play. Always. And that part's so hard because we try to control it. We have a preference for an outcome, which... Yeah, 
that's okay. Let's have preferences of, I would really love, you know, to still have you in my life. And I need to tell you this, right? But right now you're existing in a place where that threat is, it's too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The threat's too big right now. The idea of losing him from your life is too significant, right? It's bigger than your capacity to take a risk right now. Mm-hmm. But in your attempt to control it, right, you're always controlling you, right? Mm-hmm. You're always tightening you. And it's existing that way. Right? I don't know if there is a goal of trying to live more authentically, trying to open up your voice more trying to care for yourself more. I mean, there definitely are. Mm -hmm. Um, Voice is something I've been working on for a while, and there still seems to always be this, like, roadblock in the moment, right? Like, to just actually say the thing feels so constricting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So scary, just to break it down to simpler terms. Yeah, it is scary. It is scary. It's so scary, right? When we're not used to doing it, it is so scary. You were placed, right, in this position of just like not as important. And I think you're at a point in your life, right? You're an adult now, right? And what it looks like to not keep yourself there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in charge of this part. You have to be. You have to be in charge of making yourself just a little bit more important. Mm -hmm. It feels good to want to make myself more important. Oh, it's like my turn to put Mm -hmm. myself first. Then there's this thing that creeps up and it's like, well, when you make yourself more important, then others are going to matter less. Then they're going to feel like they matter less. And I think that's probably because that's how I viewed myself for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. That when I put myself first, it's like, oh, but what about them? You have a very big heart. Thank you. (laughs) You do. And I don't know if you know that or if anybody has told you that before, um, but you have a very big heart and I don't worry about that running out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I don't worry that to make yourself more important requires you to make other people less important. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about this big heart and realizing like if I just gave myself like a fraction of what I'm giving Mm -hmm. to everybody else, like what that could like potentially shift. Um, Just sitting with that. I will lovingly say that you could probably give yourself more than a fraction, (laughs) (laughs) but let's start with that. Yeah. Let's start with that. And let's start with that inquiry. I don't expect you to go, do something different right now. I love that 
were just inquiring about this. I don't think that you're ready to go to say like, okay, here's, here's all the things that I want to say and I'm going to say them, right? Like, no, we're not going to push you or force you into that. Right? You are not ready for that quite yet. And that's okay. But you're noticing. And you're noticing. And I think a part of the healing does require you to pick yourself up and place yourself up a little higher. To stop being a little less important. Yeah. I know it's true because it's just hitting right here. Mm -hmm. There's some emotion there. Yeah. I think it's just this layer of grief for all the years that I (laughs) spent um, feeling and acting less important. Mm -hmm. Just acknowledging that. Yeah. There's a lot of layers Mm -hmm. to this. You know, there's a lot of layers to all of this and we're not going to solve them all here Mm -hmm. right now. But if we walk away with the goal of making yourself a little bit more important, that feels like a win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big win. So many of us don't bring things forward because there's a possible outcome that feels incredibly intolerable to us, right? Sharing how we really feel, sharing our truth, actually expressing boundaries, right? These are all things we avoid because the possibility of someone being upset with us, a relationship coming to an end or conflict arising is just too much, right? It's too uncomfortable. And for some of us, right, it's actually dangerous, I'm sure there's been a time in your life where you too have struggled with expressing your truth or your authenticity for fear of what the consequence outside of you might be, right? Like what's the other person going to do, right? What's going to happen if I actually share what is true for me? And we try to manage that which is outside of us by limiting our truth and our actual expression of self. Although Caroline is presenting with an issue that's playing out currently, We can absolutely trace this back to her being a tiny little girl in a family system with a sibling whose mental health challenges are the focus, especially for mom. Caroline trades her authenticity, her full expression of self, so that she can be the easy one, as she describes it. Being easy gives her a better chance at staying connected with mom. Being easy makes, in her opinion, life for mom simpler, right? And if she can do that well, right, then mom can stay connected to her given whatever capacity she has left. So being easy gives her a better chance of staying connected with mom. And fast forward, being easy today, now, right, in celebrating mom and her freedom and being boundaryless with her stepdad's emotions keeps the attachment to these individuals, these really important individuals in her life, viable. But at what cost? What we find is that the cost is her. I'd love for you to consider the ways that you trade your authenticity for more tolerable external outcomes. It makes sense that we want to try to manage these external outcomes 
right? That we want to create what it is that is most tolerable for us. But when we're trading our authenticity for it, what is it that we're actually giving up? So as you consider that, I'd love for you to really tune in to what the cost is for you and just sit with whatever it is that comes forward. I hope what you heard today was helpful. If you like the show, tell your friends and loved ones to listen. It would also mean so much to me if you could rate and review This Keeps Happening on Apple Podcasts. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Vienna Farron, with production support from Manolo Morales and Anita Flores. Special thanks to Emma Morgenstern for editorial support. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment. Stitcher.